All right, welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Be sure to like and subscribe, uh, tell a friend. There's a hair on this microphone, and it is going to make me start stimming. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, thanks for tuning in. Uh, maybe check out the old uh, merch store if you'd like to buy a t-shirt with my face on it for some reason uh i'm gonna try to you know get some more stuff in there but i'm also designing the t-shirts myself and i have the artistic abilities of a like a six month old with fetal alcohol syndrome so yeah (laughs) <laughs> the best I could do is just stick my fucking face on a shirt with my name over it. And here you go. You know, hope you enjoy it. But I am going to try to, you know, maybe, uh, actually, if anybody knows how to, if there's anybody listening to this at all, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but if any of you have any artistic abilities and would like to maybe design some shirts, work out some sort of a, you know, tit for tit sort of situation, uh, you know, feel free to hit me up yeah. and, you know, maybe that'll be the best route for, uh, for me to go route or route. This is a thing that I've been, I, you know, they say like English is difficult to learn and that's probably true because I have been trying to learn Spanish and a little bit of German. I'm going to probably back off uh, on the German. <laughs> because uh, as I am recording this, I believe there is a legitimate Nazi rally going on in, I think, either South Carolina or Tennessee. Um, so now would not be the best time to uh, add German to my Duolingo. <laughs> Amazing that... Like, I saw the videos of it, and there's like 40 or 50 of them. I have what I would consider, like, good friends. I have about maybe eight. Like, you know, friends that I share a lot in common with, I consider to be pretty close to. I mean, really like four that are, like, close, close. And then probably add in another four or five that are, like, kind of second, uh, you know, second rim or whatever you want to say. I don't know if I should be worried that I have like, I have less friends than Nazis. Cause I imagine these fellows are all buddies. I mean, I guess like what a, what a miserable group of people to be friends with. (laughs) (laughs) Like anybody that dives too deep into an ideology immediately. And this actually might explain why I don't have that many friends. I get very annoyed very easily. And when somebody kind of dives into a, uh, you know, whether it's a religion, uh, lack of religion, whatever it may be, a, a political party, And then that just becomes all they talk about. I'm out. 
when I'm hanging out with someone, I my the conversations it's uh, on a long enough timeline. We're either going to be talking about if you were gay for a day, who would you bang? What would your last meal be? Or uh you know who's better uh Sammy Hagar or David Lee Roth that's basically the the you know what all conversations of of mine eventually lead to never have i once been in a conversation with someone and the topic of white supremacy <laughs> gets brought up but apparently there's at least like 30 or 40 people out there that that's what their conversations lead to. Like mine, again, leading to gay for a day, last meal, Van Hagar, Van Ra- uh, Van Halen. But out there, there are people who, <laughs> like whenever they hang out, that's what their conversation goes, is how much they hate Jews and black people. That is a a wild thing to think like my god and there's like way more of those people like they they have way more friends than i do <laughs> oh boy just fascinating to me like whenever i saw those videos like how is this real how is it real that there are people walking around with flags with swastikas on them like in a i believe a capitol building <laughs> Oh, man. Crazy. Like, I've dabbled a little bit of in uh, in the old QAnon. Definitely have, you know, perused uh, Chan's 4 through 8. Just to see what's going on. As a big fan of conspiracies, it is, you know, it is kind of, you know, I mean, no pun intended, but ground zero for conspiracies. And you really kind of get them, you know, from the seed, from the kernel. Uh, and it is kind of interesting to watch them grow. It's like, uh, it's like lonely white man gardening. Is <laughs> to go on, on, on. You know, they're probably up to like ten or twelve chin by now. But going on those little, you know, going on there and just seeing. What are the boys talking about today? Apparently, it's really not... Like, nobody's very happy. (laughs) There's not a lot of, like, hey, my son, you know, is on the honor roll, and then a bunch of people congratulating him. It's like, Hillary Clinton's a fucking lizard and smells like sulfur, which may or may not be true. I don't know. Why I'm talking about this, I have no idea. I just saw that, I I guess I'm just still befuddled by the fact that there are legitimate Nazis in 2024. Uh, So again, probably not going to be diving into German too much. It's also, I mean, what a shit language. Like, really not pleasant. Um insanely difficult Spanish easy super easy Spanish is very easy to learn um German not so much and you know now I just have a perfect excuse to stop trying to like you know 
to become fluent. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to, you know, anybody think I'm associated with, with these jagoffs. So back to Spanish. Um, although I might want to start brushing up on a uh, Russian <laughs> and Mandarin, <laughs> because if the fellas on the old chans are uh, correct, it might uh, come in handy in the next few years. My God. I can't help that I love good. Like, actually, I need to add a few things to that list as far as, like, what conversations. Conspiracy theories do end up coming up quite a bit. Conspiracy theories, cults, serial killers, add those to the list, and that pretty much rounds out the scope of my um, conversations, of, like, what I enjoy talking about. Um... But yeah, like, hating, just, you know, I hate a lot of stuff. Yeah. I believe I've been pretty vocal about how much I hate certain things. Lots of things I hate. I hate people who believe in astrology. People who think that, like, the day you were born has any effect on your personality. I hate those people. I, I hate people who chew with their mouth open. Uh, I hate pretty much anyone over 60. Uh, um, I hate... What else do I hate? Most drivers, most people operating a motor vehicle, I hate. And they probably think the same about me, but I'm not them thinking about me, so it doesn't matter. I hate... um, when people pronounce words in a weird way that they should know by now is incorrect, yet they still do it anyways. Salmon versus salmon. Diabetes versus diabetes. Uh, mature versus mature. I hate those people. A lot of hate. I've never... Like... It has never really dawned on me to hate someone based on their race or religion or sexual sexual preference and I'm not some like angel but it just seems like a dumb reason to hate someone <laughs> there are way better reasons why you should hate people than that <laughs> I'm not saying everyone should be holding hands and you know uh, you know singing Cat Stevens songs together you should hate people. There are people that you should hate. You should hate people who think that they can't get along with you because you are a Sagittarius and they are a fucking Pisces. You should hate those people. But you should not hate someone just because they're, you know... I mean, whatever race it is, whatever um, ethnic group... Like, why the fuck would you hate somebody because of that? crazy I mean we're all a little racist in some ways I suppose except me <laughs> I'm the one who isn't <laughs> anyways I probably shouldn't I should probably stop while I'm ahead so um, but yeah I mean if you or a loved one know someone who's been dabbling in the National Socialist Party probably sit them down and you know 
maybe try to like shake some sense into them. Like it wasn't a good idea back then. It's not a good idea now. Like it hasn't become more viable. <laughs> you know, what was it 80 years later? It was a bunch of dumbasses then, and it's certainly a bunch of dumbasses now. <laughs> oh, God. So, anyways, there's that. Um, yeah. That's 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 the kind of uh, talk you'll get on on the old CTS, um, the hard hitting topics, controversial opinions. Nazis are bad. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's stop talking about any of this and move on to uh, see what's going on in the world. So, first topic. Yes. This is, oh my God, oh my God. So for the first time ever, the Beatles have granted full life story and music rights for a scripted film. And just not, and just not just one film? And just not just, that is what this says, right? And, oh boy, variety. Get a little fucking grammar check. And just not one film, I assume is what it means. Sam Mendes is, which if you don't know who Sam Mendes is, Sam Mendes directed, um... I think his first movie was American Beauty, and he ended up winning an Oscar for, I think it won Best Picture and Best Director, if I'm not mistaken. That's a pretty good way to start. And then he directed um, Skyfall. I think he directed another James Bond, maybe Spectre? I think. I know he directed Skyfall. He's a very talented director, regardless. Uh, Sam Mendes is directing four separate Beatles movies on Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. I... I mean, I am doing the best I can right now to not slide off of my chair. <laughs> I am so excited for this. I have been wanting a Beatles movie my entire life. Uh, now, four movies, each about, and apparently, I, you know, try to, there's not a whole lot about this yet because the, these movies aren't coming out until 2027. All four movies are coming out in 2027. Which I am a fan of. But apparently it's four separate movies of four separate Beatles. And like seeing the same events from each of their perspective. That you... I feel like after we get to George Harrison. <laughs> that's going to get a little old. Like... Yes, I'm glad that they're finally that it's going to be a Beatles movie with Beatles music. It is an actual Beatles movie, but it isn't. It's four of them. Ugh. Come like it always seems to be this way where they're going to make a movie about someone who I you know, idolize. And no matter what, they figure out some way to really shake it up. Basically, to fuck it up. I'm not saying that this is going to be a complete disaster. It's either going to be the greatest thing to ever happen. Or, or I'm going out into the woods and putting a shotgun in my mouth. There's... Like, doing four mo uh, 
just make a Beatles movie. Just make a bit, and I don't get it. I mean, they had like, a, but I mean, not really that long of a career. I mean, the goddamn Beatles are only around for eight years. I mean, hell, the fucking Walk the Line took, you know, uh, and Ray. I mean, those took those were going over like a think of just as long of a period, if not more. And you could make a like you could do a part one, part two would be great. My I actually. Perfect, yes. My ideal version of a Beatles movie is you do a part one, and that is like early days, like Quarrymen, going into like performing in Germany, blah, 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 Pete Best, all that that era, leading up to um, like maybe right past um, like Ed Sullivan, or maybe even a little further, like them going, yeah, probably to Ed Sullivan. Like, you get the Beatlemania movie. Then, part two, you have Beatles, Beatlemania kind of, like, running its course as far as, like, the pop Beatles and moving into LSD Beatles. Like, going into India, you know, sitting fucking in Lotus position, listening to fucking sitar music, which, (laughs) boy, uh, that'll change you in a lot of ways. But, you know, going getting into that era up until the break and then ending with, like, breakup of the Beatles. You don't need to go into, like, their solo careers. Although, you know, could be interesting as well. But you don't need to do that. You just need a part one and a part two. You need Beatlemania and you need post-Beatlemania. Like, and you could easily do that in two, like, two and a half to three hour movies. Like, Making four movies telling the same story from four different points of view and having them all four come out in the exact same year. I don't know. I'm really just... (coughs) I'll feel way more um, confident about the uh, greatness or shittiness of this movie once I I see the cast and see who's playing who. Um... I mean, if Yoko Ono isn't being played by a a vacuum cleaner in a black wig, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> like, get a... Like, basically put... Get a, like, a tornado siren <laughs> and put it in a, you know, in a black dress with a black wig and... Yeah, that could be your Yoko. I don't. I mean, it'll be. I mean, I can't wait to watch it. All four of them. And I am. I am glad that they're coming out on the same year because. I mean, it would suck for this shit to start in twenty twenty seven, and then like, John Lennon's movie come out in like twenty thirty five. So, yeah. But it's crazy because there are, like, so many times where this should work and it doesn't. Like, they made a Jimi Hendrix movie. Andre 3000. Perfect person to play Jimi Hendrix and was amazing in that movie. Jimi Hendrix's life is fascinating. The fame of Jimi Hendrix, like Monterey Pop, Woodstock, um, you know, all, you know, and doing all this in, like, two years. Two or three years, basically, from 67 to 70. Um, Like, 67 is when Are You Experienced? The first album comes out, dies in September 1970. They didn't show 
a single bit of that. <laughs> Instead, we're just going to make a Jimi Hendrix movie and show back when he's living in London, the era of Jimi Hendrix where no one cares about. And you're not going to hear a single Hendrix song because, well, at the time he obviously hadn't written any, but this is going to be our workaround because his family won't let us use his music. Then we'll just put him back in England and he's going to be doing Beatles covers. It What a letdown. And then... They've, it seems like they've made 10 different David Bowie movies and have never done that right. Uh, you either have that one that just came out, what was it, Stardust? That doesn't, yeah, Star Man? Star, Star, Star Lord? I don't know, whatever it was. But it's David Bowie pre-David Bowie. Like, who the fuck wants to see that? And then, I mean, back in like, maybe like early 2000s, there was one called Velvet Goldmine, which... Very good movie, but guy's not named David Bowie. There's no David Bowie music, even though you call the movie Velvet Goldmine, which is a David Bowie song. Um, but it has Ewan McGregor as Iggy Pop, sort of, and Christian Bale is in it. Very good movie, but it's not a David Bowie movie. So make it right or just don't make it. Rocket Man, perfect movie. It is a great, you know, covering of the peak of Elton John's career, um, you know, good and bad. And most importantly, fuckers doing his own singing and sounds not identical to Elton John, but pretty close. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody, horrible movie, uh, basically like the most just dumb like they they kind of always do this, except Rocket Man didn't seem to do it. Where they like, <laughs> like every single thing is like this. Like apparently every good thing that anyone's ever done was an accident, and like you just have you know, like we were gonna call ourselves King, but how about Queen? And then, you know, then it goes into this, and then it's like you hear Queen music and shit. Or like, randomly one day you hear, doom, 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 doom. And they're like, oh, maybe we should put that in a song. Or doom, 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 ba doom, 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 doom. Oh, we'll put that in a song. Like, like, there's no way that that's how that worked. But anyway, but that's just how it does. And then, yeah, and obviously your Rami Malik doesn't sound anything like Freddie Mercury. Like, I'm talking about just talking. Like, Rami Malek has a weird fucking voice. Freddie Mercury had, like, a normal, like, British-sounding voice. And he's not doing his own singing. Bohemian Rhapsody sucked. Should not have won. I mean, fucking ridiculous. Rocket Man was a million times better. Um, The Doors. I mean... Arguably, not a good movie. But it is one of my favorite movies ever made. And it's a, you know... It was the right way to cover the life of Jim Morrison. Like, there are... Walk the Line is perfect. Like, there are ones that are done right. Elvis. Elvis. That was incredible. There are movies that do it right. And there are movies that do it wrong. I'm super worried that this Beatles one is going to be one that does it wrong. <sighs> Four movies. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be good. I mean, you can't. You cannot fuck this up. Like, there's also the Michael Jackson movie coming out. That's another one where it's like... Now, Jackson's an American dream. Came out, I guess, like back in the 80s, 90s. Probably 90s. 
I used to watch the movie every time it came on VH1. That was incredible. But that is the right way to do it. I mean, you co- it cover all of Michael Jackson. Now, this one, I mean, who knows? But, like, Michael Jackson's life is not one that's easy to cover in a two-and-a-half, you know, two-hour movie. That one almost has to be split up. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they're done right. But we'll see. So, there's that. All right, let's see what else is going on. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's new movie sparks outrage after homeless community is given 24 hours to evacuate before a rainstorm. <laughs> I love headlines like this because they're making it. There's no reason to mention Leonardo DiCaprio's name. And I gra- and granted, I just did. So I guess I'm really no better. But part of one, you know, when I'm talking about this, because Leonardo DiCaprio, what does he have to do with this? It's not like Leo's going out there and, like, kicking people's shopping carts over. Like, like with a broom, like, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> like, and also, 24 hours should be plenty enough time for a homeless person to, <laughs> to leave. I mean, what do you... I feel like the average homeless could easily pack up and move in, in an afternoon. Three hours tops. Like, how much shit do you have as a homeless person to where, like, 24 hours isn't enough time? And also, you're not supposed to be there. You know, and I know you should be more, you know, sensitive to the plight of the homeless, but if Leonardo DiCaprio needs to shoot a scene, I mean, nothing is, nothing is standing in the way of that. That is the greatest actor of our fucking generation. Get your stinky ass <laughs> and move on. Oh my god. It's just I mean, it is sad. Obviously, it's sad to be homeless. And I think the majority of cases is not the homeless person's fault completely uh, as far as like them being homeless. A lot of it is, you know, I think the vast majority of it is severe mental health problems that are going completely untreated I mean obviously there's like drug problems too and those are the ones I don't really feel sorry for the ones who have like just no chance in life they should not be homeless they should be like taken care of like they did nothing wrong they just don't have the mental capacity to have a house to keep a steady job pay rent pay mortgage whatever it takes like is just not in the cards for them. But if Leonardo DiCaprio's got to film a movie, he's got to film a movie. And you can't be having a bunch of... <laughs> you can't be having Leo slipping and falling in, you know, homeless shit. So, you know, haul ass. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Next. Woman arrested for allegedly pleasuring herself at a come-and-go gas station. Well, you know what? You named it that. So, what do you expect? And, judging by the looks of things, I see no crime committed. (laughs) I mean, this is not the America that I was led to believe that I would be living in. After (laughs) 9-11... After 9-11, the 
swelling of patriotism in this nation led an eight-year-old Cody Tucker to believe that he would grow, that he would um, bloom into manhood in a nation that respected freedom, the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, you know, the Holy Trinity. I was led to believe that that is the nation we would exist in today. And instead... We exist in a nation where a very attractive but probably severely damaged woman cannot go to a gas station that somehow in 2024 is still called a come and go and, you know, can't sit in the, you know, can't prop up in the driver's seat of her Jeep Grand Cherokee and just finger the shit out of herself that is not this woman deserves I mean I don't know what Joe Biden does as president and not just him I mean any president I don't know how pardons work I know Nixon got one and what Nixon did seemed to be a whole lot worse if Nixon was I mean Richard Nixon if he I mean if he was you know stroking his stick in the you know parking lot of a Gelson's they'd probably slap him with like maybe a misdemeanor I mean that some bitch was I believe committed like high treason at least you know in some respects and little CTE Ford pardoned his ass so you know I don't know who I'm going to vote for in election time uh, come election season but Joe Biden could easily sway my decision if I found out that this young lady got a pardon (laughs) a presidential pardon for I mean giving all passers-by I'm sure a hell of a show (laughs) and how do you call a gas station a come and go how again I've said this so many times but I wholeheartedly believe that I should be that my dream job what I'm most suited for because it's obviously not this um, what I would be most suited for is being the person who anytime a company brings up an idea that they just zoom me in and say hey we're thinking about doing this is this dumb as shit or not and then I would say no, that's pretty good. Go ahead. Or are y'all a bunch of fucking idiots? Like, this is so stupid. And then that's it. End of meeting. Give me like a couple hundred bucks. Whatever conglomerate operates the nation's come and go, a hundred percent we are doing a rebranding. Or we are going to designate parking spots for amazing beautiful souls like this young woman to do what it says you're supposed to do (laughs) following orders should not be a crime well going back to the Nazi conversation this woman is no Nazi actually who knows but no innocent until proven guilty I see no 
aspect. Now, the mascara running down the face is... I don't know what this says about me, but that is one of the most attractive feet. <laughs> that can't be good. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I grew up being a very big fan of Marilyn Manson and Alice Cooper, but seeing mascara go lower than a centimeter down from the uh, from the uh, lid is very attractive. So, I don't know who you are, lady, but I hope... I hope only good things happen to you for the rest of your life. Yeah. What an amazing time to exist. Uh, well, speaking of people, um, you know, pulling their shit out in public. Oh, boy. Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, which, really, I should be I should be discussing Gary Busey way more than I uh, have and I apologize to everyone for that. But apparently, Gary Busey, which now, if you're now, what we're looking at here, if you're if you're not listen, uh, if you're not watching, is Gary Busey. Might I say, I need to clarify and add this: Academy Award nominated <laughs> Gary Busey got into a little bit of hot water because he had to piss and he whipped out his little Gary, and you know. Took a tinkle. Now, I will say, looking at this picture, if you look at the pixelation, and then you look at where the flesh coloration ends, it looks like they're giving old Gary an extra couple inches. <laughs> and, you know, I believe this is from TMZ. So, for the first time in history, good job, TMZ. Because um, you always should, you know, help a guy out. Now, this is, uh, you know, Gary Busey is not known for being the most um, put-together fella. But there is something very alarming about taking a piss like this. Like just whipping out, laying the, you know, laying the pecker on the sweatpants and just hoping to God that you don't get an insane amount of, you know, washout on the front of your sweatpants. Because those sweatpants, I mean, that piss stain is not coming out anytime soon. So for him to just be standing there, like, just hoping for the best is incredible. Because <laughs> I am 100% a, I need this piss stream going as far away from me as humanly possible. Because from the looks of this, he has just sprayed the front of his sweatpants and most likely pissed all down the uh, tops of his uh, Nike Air Maxes. And, you know, I mean, there's no way Gary Busey wears Nike Air Maxes. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Whatever mismatched pair of shoes Gary Busey is wearing, they are now even more piss-soaked than they were, uh, you know, an hour before this picture was taken. <laughs> um... I love Gary Busey. Gary Busey. What an amazing human being. Can't a man just take a piss in public? That it's a good point, Gary. And to go back to the America conversation, you should be able to piss wherever you want. And I know there's like that whole the whole thing of like, well, what if a kid sees you? Well, what the fuck if a kid sees you? This this is your future, son. <laughs> that is Actually, it'd be a good lesson is 
it would actually be a good deterrent to keep children from pissing in public. He's like, Mommy, why is that old man... Well, one, why does that old man have two different sets of eyes and, you know, three-foot-long teeth? Second question, why is he pissing in public? Well, son, uh, that man is Gary Busey. <laughs> when we get home, <laughs> we're going to watch... Uh, Point Break and Predator 2. And you're going to learn a little bit about what happens when you piss in public. So, I mean, I mean, I hope all is well in Gary Busey's world, but I can't imagine that that's the case. All right, so I guess that'll end it for uh, the news of the week. Uh, so time to move on to the old uh, stream it or skip it. Pick a couple movies, figure out, you know, based on my amateur opinion, should you stream these movies? Should you just not fucking watch them? AKA skip. So here we go. Okay, so time for a um, little bit of the old uh, streamer skip. Most likely will become a permanent segment of the show. Hopefully you enjoy it. If not, well, you can skip right through. Just wait for this color to change, and then you'll know <laughs> we are on to a different segment. But um, so I'm going to take some movies that I watched this week that are now streaming. Some have been streaming for a little while. Maybe some are new streaming. Whatever. They are streaming. Going to let you know whether you should watch them. Or don't. Let's start with the first movie. This is a, a hardcore stream. The Iron Claw. Oh my god. This movie was incredible. So The Iron Claw, if you don't know, is the telling of the story of the legendary Von Erich family. Texas legends, wrestling icons, one of the few, you know, families of wrestling, uh, told from the perspective of... Kevin Von Erich, the only one who's alive. <laughs> and boy, does this movie really like there's this, the idea that the Von Erichs are cursed. And I'm going to also, I should point out, I'm going to spoil these movies. So if you are kind of a bitch and can't handle, you know, a spoiler, uh, go ahead and skip on through. But also, uh, this one, I mean, all this shit is, it really happened. So how the fuck is it really a spoiler? But, yeah, whatever. But yes, the, parent, uh, the legend is that the Von Erich family was cursed. And it certainly would appear that way. He got one brother electrocuted and drowned when he was like, I don't know, like six or seven years old. Another brother uh, has like a ruptured appendix, dies. Another brother... Um, goes in for like a routine shoulder surgery ends up getting uh, like going into full on shock goes into a coma ends up being basically brain dead comes back out and <laughs> is very much is basically like lobotomized ends up uh, blasting himself and then the other brother uh, Carrie Von Erich like probably one of the more famous Von Erichs uh you know, has his foot amputated after a motorcycle wreck. 
which they don't really go into this, but this one bitch was wrestling in the WWF for a while with a uh, <laughs> with a prosthetic foot, and uh, yeah, he ended up having massive drug problems and committed and yeah, took himself out. So Kevin's the only one left, and also there was another brother who killed himself. That brother's not in this movie, which is kind of odd and a strike against it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's like goddamn, how many times are we gonna see a Von Erich die? Uh, young, <laughs> but it is just one more. You might as well leave him in the movie. Like it would suck to be that guy and be like, "How the fuck y'all are all in this movie and I'm not." Um, but anyways, the movie is Zach Efron is incredible in this movie. That is a sentence that I did not think I would ever say in my life, but I am. Zach Efron is absolutely incredible as uh, Kevin Von Erich. The wrestling scenes as a die-hard wrestling fan. Sometimes you kind of wonder, like, the wrestling scene's going to be, like, too over-the-top, like, which that's kind of crazy to say. But, like, you know, where it's like, okay, this isn't how a wrestling match in the 80s would have looked. They do an amazing job in making it seem like this is a what it's really like. And there's, you know, a little, like, cameo from, cameos from actors playing wrestlers like Bruiser Brody and Ric Flair, which is pretty awesome to see as well uh but yes all in all 100 percent stream it incredible movie um obviously you know being from texas the von erics are like legends and uh it is kind of cool to see like my area uh like from the perspective of like the 70s and 80s so like a little dazed and confused ish so 100% stream Iron Claw. Now, for a little skip, this one, Saltburn. This movie was so, was such a fucking letdown. I, the same way as last week, I was talking about Oppenheimer, where it's like a movie I was so excited for, which I believe, I mean, Oppenheimer was good, but it is still, it's, it's so good that even it being a letdown still is like, all right, you should still watch it. This movie, do not watch. It it has everything I want in a movie. Creepy, weird shit, uh, homoeroticism. That's always, you know, a plus. <laughs> um, just a lot of just disturbing imagery. Things that I like to see in a movie. This movie was so goddamn boring and also a complete ripoff of the talented mr ripley which is a way better movie it's so basically it's the story of the feller in the middle played by barry keoghan i believe is the pronunciation he's irish so who gives a shit but i believe it's barry keoghan and he is basically pulling a miss uh pulling a mr ripley on this family where he wants to uh you know you know, swindle his way, snake his way into this rich family. So he basically does whatever it takes to like conform, fit in, manipulate get into the family. It is identical to the talented Mr. Ripley to actually, I mean, there's a fuck ton of these movies. And so he does it and a bunch of like horrible shit starts happening, but it's the twist is that he was like plotting it all along. It's very obvious from early on that like, this dude's a manipulative piece of shit. Like, and even for a per- like, I like to think I have a pretty strong stomach. And, you know, that I, like, I've watched movies that are very disturbing. 
and been, you know, okay. Like, I like a movie that is disturbing and it sticks in my mind. Like, there are, there are a few movies that, like, ever since I watched them, I probably don't go a week without thinking of that movie at least one time in that week. Irreversible, Eden Lake, Solo, uh, Hell, Requiem for a Dream. Like, there's, there's a handful of movies that, funny games, like, that I've seen that, like, they just have become in, like, a earworm embedded into my brain because of just, like, well, one, how great they are, but also how, I mean, Solo's not a fucking great movie. That movie sucks ass, too, but, you know, the point of the movie is to disturb you, and it fucking worked. This movie is very much supposed to be on the lines, but there are there is a moment in this movie where I was like probably more grossed out than I've ever been in a movie. And I'm talking about watching a movie like Solo where there is a whole lot of boofing. I mean, literally serving a an entire dinner course to, you know, a group of probably 60 people serving them plates of human shit. Um, you know, like, I mean, Eden Lake has horrible shit happen. I've seen, like, horrible stuff in movies. But the scene where Barry Keoghan, again, fella in the middle, the scene where Barry Keoghan is watching this fella, you know, beat meat into, while he's in the bathtub, and then waiting for him to get out, and him, like, he, like, gets down and starts sucking the bathwater and, like, licking the bathwater and then licking the ring of the bathtub. I, God, just got like kind of fucking queasy thinking about it. It is such a disgusting thing to see. I, there's something, like he makes this like slurping. I mean, it is so fucking gross. I I just, oh. So I guess in in part it's doing what it's supposed to do. <laughs> um, I mean, w- without a doubt, I mean this has got to be the gayest movie ever made. I mean, it like Barbie and Birdcage put together still don't come close. Top the only movie gayer than this is Top Gun. <laughs> um. But, you know, that's not a problem, you know, to each their own. It is just, it's a, it is, it's just, the buildup is kind of cool. The acting is good from some people, but the payoff is just so, just blah. It just ends up becoming a boring movie that's happened a million fucking times. And, yeah, skip it. Like, if you want to be grossed out and watch the bathtub scene, I'm sure you can fucking find it on YouTube. But it's a letdown. All right. So now we've got two. So one more uh, stream. For some reason, I've been on a bit of a Nicolas Cage bender. (laughs) I go through one probably on a yearly basis. And I watch this movie right here. Pig. This 100% stream. This movie is incredible. It's basically Pig John Wick <laughs> with like a little bit of Ratatouille in there. 
now if if Ratat- so if John Wick and Ratatouille combined sounds appealing to you, watch Pig. So basically the story, in, which I'm not going to spoil this one, because uh, I actually really enjoyed this movie, and it, it would be nice. If you watch it, try not to read too deep into it. But basically it's the story of a fellow who owns a truffle pig who he is very close to. Not, like, close, close, but, you know, friendly with this pig. Um, not too friendly, but friendly. Um, he's a truffle pig. He basically sells truffles to this rich asshole who, you know, then goes to sell them to different restaurants around the uh, city in Portland. And then one night, middle of, this guy lives in the middle of the woods in his little cabin. One night, some people break in, beat the shit out of him, steal his pig. Ergo, the story of a man seeking revenge for those who have wronged him and stolen his truffle pig. Now, I think the plot does... I am probably not explaining this in a way to where it actually sounds interesting. Take my word for it. It is a great movie. Nicolas Cage. The fact that Nicolas Cage can go from a movie like this... A movie like this... To the movie I'm about to talk about... In in like the same year, basically. In a calendar year is incredible to me. So Nicolas Cage is in this movie. And, I mean, he should be nominated for an Oscar for this movie, without a doubt. But he obviously won't. But So this movie is 100% a stream. Now, this movie is not. This movie is one that should never have existed. If you just want, are in the mood to watch a horrible movie that the trailer makes look... So I watched this movie thinking that because the trailer actually makes it look kind of funny. And so I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be like a funny, like kind of comedy action movie. It, it is so bad. It has like the feel of a, so the scenes in between sex scenes of like a Skinamax movie. That's what this entire movie feels like. Is basically the story of Nicolas Cage. Somehow, this is the same Nicolas Cage who is also in Pig, who's also Oscar nominated. That this Nicolas Cage is uh, his daughter and daughter's husband get into a bit of hot water. He she sends um, her daughter, aka Nicolas Cage's granddaughter, to stay with him somewhere in like fucking I don't know Saratoga, Florida, some bullshit. I don't know. It's like Key West, maybe, area. And, um, you know, he's a bit of a beach bum. Very much estranged from his daughter. And then these fellas over here to his left and right. Um, Ron Perlman, who... how the However the fuck old Ron Perlman is in movies is beyond me. And then Jackie Earl Haley, who is just a creepy son of a bitch. Um, but they're looking for him because the, there's something about a fucking flash drive that has... We got to get the drive who, um, you know, has like government files or some bullshit. It was actually to be as dumb of a movie as this is. It's actually very hard to keep up with what's going on. <laughs> like I, it has like the confusion percentage of like tenant yet. It's basically like Jimmy. So to go back to the pig being John Wickish. This kind of is... It's like Jimmy Buffett, John Wick. And 
is not as interesting as that may sound, it is not. It does not translate on screen. So a hundred percent. I mean, unless you, unless I'll be honest, if you got absolutely blitzed out of your mind, this might be a pretty fun movie to watch. I was not, so it was not. <laughs> Do not watch this movie for the love of God, unless you just, unless you have seen every single movie ever made except for one, and that one is this movie, then all right, go ahead. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, watch watch literally any other movie ever made. And you'll probably have a better night than watching this bullshit. That being said, I love Nicolas Cage, so I will continue to watch any movie Nicolas Cage makes. Like, that motherfucker was in Mandy, which is such a good movie. And he does this shit. Like, I, you know, and I know that the there's always been, you know, for a while been these stories about how Nicolas Cage is really hurting money wise may have been uh, overdoing it a little bit but apparently if you have a couple grand and physically have a script to a movie Nicolas Cage will do will be in your movie <laughs> like you all you have to do is tell him yeah there is technically a script and I do have a certain amount of money, Nicholas Cage will say, I'll be there next week. And you will be now making a movie with one of the most, to me, incredible actors alive. I do like that we live in that kind of world. Like, if I had the money, I could be making a movie with Nicholas Cage. Like, next, next weekend. Could start filming a movie with Nicholas Cage. Hmm. Something to think about. I might start a GoFundMe. I'm, I'm being, I'm really being like dead serious right now. I might start a GoFundMe to film a movie with Nicolas Cage. Just to do it. <laughs> Alright, so that'll be enough of this bullshit. I think I've gone on far too long. Um, now it'll be time to, you know, take a little dive into the educational part of the uh, the show. Uh, start off a little bit of the old where that come from and then, you know, move on from there. So here we go. All right. So for this, uh, where that come from, obviously take a look at a word, phrase, something, find out the origins of it. Why do we say that? Why do we call this thing this? All that kind of stuff. So for this one, we're going back to the Middle Ages. At this time, obviously, a lot of castles, people living in castles. And these castles weren't just meant to be like homes, but also fortresses. Basically trying to block enemies from coming in, being able to attack from the castle. They were castles were strategically built to protect the people inside by fighting against the people outside. Um so whenever they're constructing these castles, there's certain things that need to be put into the castle to make it uh you know like a good place to fight from so one of the things that they would do whenever they were building these castles to make them you know to make them safer so that they could you know fight from within the castle is you need to figure out a way to 
So what you would need to do to keep everybody in the castle safe is you need to figure out a way to kill the people that are coming at you without you yourself being killed. And one of the ways that they would do this is that they would build these castles with these special windows. Now these windows, basically these like little openings in the uh, castle that would be... uh, so there'd be like these little windows, little openings at the top of the castle that would be wider on the inside than they were on the outside. So for you in the castle, easy to maneuver. The people shooting at you from outside the castle, very difficult for them to get you. Um, so easy to fire from inside the castle, very hard to get you from outside the castle. Uh, so these windows give a pretty sizable advantage to one side. They were called murder holes. Well, they also had a different name. So there's murder holes. Then they also had another name. That name is a name that we still use today. We still use it anytime we're talking about a small opening that is beneficial to one side and not the other. So anytime that we're talking about a small opening that helps one side only, a loophole. Yeah, (laughs) so that's where the word loophole comes from. All right, moving on to a little bit of the old half-ass history, and uh, then we will get out of here. All right, so for the first uh, half-ass history, this one involves arguably one of the greatest comedians of all time and just a a pretty crazy what-if in history. So, for this one, we're going back to uh, 1972. So, in 1972, uh, comedian Don Rickles is performing at the Copacabana. Now, Don Rickles, obviously, one of the funniest human beings of all time. Don Rickles is a legend. Um, Legendary insult comic. One of the funniest people to ever live. So, Don Rickles, about to go on stage at the Copacabana, he gets told that... Joe Gallo is in the audience and that you should probably not make fun of Joe Gallo. So (laughs) yeah, somebody comes up to him and is like, Hey, Joe Gallo's in the audience. Don't make fun of him. Don Rickles is like, all right. So you might be thinking, well, why shouldn't Don Rickles make fun of Joe Gallo? The reason is that Joe Gallo, AKA crazy Joe Gallo was one of the most feared mobsters in the country. (laughs) <laughs> so the reason he's called Crazy Joe is because he was schizophrenic. Who, Joe Gallo had also, at this point, already taken out. Uh, yeah, Joe Gallo, at this point, had already taken out multiple high-ranking members of the Mafia. Uh, basically, single-handedly started the Colombo Wars. Um, yeah, single-handedly started the Colombo, or, well pretty much single-handedly started the Colombo Wars. I mean, Joe Gallo is a terrifying human being. A dude that you do not want to mess with. So, when Don Rickles goes on stage, what is the first thing that he does? He goes, finds Joe Gallo in the crowd, and just starts tearing into him. (laughs) Just relentlessly making fun of Joe Gallo. Uh, After the show's over... Don Rickles uh, ends up meeting Joe Gallo. So Joe Gallo comes back and wants to see him. He ends up telling him like that he loved the show, 
huge fan, thought it was hilarious. He ends up inviting him out that night to uh, his birthday dinner. So Don Rickles is like, ah, it's already late. I'm not going. Um, you know, rain check, which crazy to even like refuse an invitation from <laughs> that dude. So Don Rickles telling him like, nah, no thanks. Uh, not not interested in going. So Joe Gallo ends up going to Umberto's clam house with uh, his family and friends. That night, while they're there eating at the restaurant, four gunmen come into the restaurant and just start opening fire at Joe Gallo. They end up shooting 20 shots at Joe Gallo alone. Um, so out of all this you know, commotion, gunfire, you know, Joe Gallo ends up getting shot multiple times, taken to the hospital. Joe Gallo is pronounced dead at 5.30 in the morning. Had Don Rickles have accepted that invitation... He may very well have been killed that night. <laughs> yeah. Wild. So there's the story of Don Rickles and his, uh, well, one of many brushes with the mafia. So, uh, all right, time to move on to the second story. All right, so for the next one, going to take a look at a person who I think everybody knows the name. A very infamous person in U.S. history and taking a little look into the pretty unknown connection that he had with high-level politicians at the time. It's just a crazy coincidence that this fella was very well-connected. And whenever you find out who it is that I'm talking about, it's going to be a bit of a shocker. So, for this, uh, for this story, going back to the year 1976. So, days before the presidential election, in which Jimmy Carter would be elected president, on the campaign plane of the vice presidential nominee, Walter Mondale, Walter Mondale is holding a special meeting with a, at the time, very notable figure in the San Francisco area. This is a person who uh, had... Pretty, I mean, a person who had quite a bit of power politically in the San Francisco area. Um, a person who, you know, a lot of people at the time had a lot of respect for, held in a high regards. This is a person who had, at multiple times, had dinners hosted in his honor that were attended by the governor of California at the time, Jerry Brown. Um, this is a person who the, you know, very legendary mayor Harvey Milk would speak at his rallies and became, you know, kind of an admirer of this fella. Uh, it's also a fellow who, after Jimmy Carter was elected president in 1976, the vice president, Walter Mondale, as vice president, would publicly talk about his group and this fella and talk about how great of people they were and how great this guy was. He also would, on multiple occasions, have meetings with the First Lady, Rosalind Carter. Um, now, the point of him you know, meeting with Rosalind Carter, meeting with these people, is that he was the leader of this group that, again, a lot of people respected at the time. The group was called the People's Temple. The person is their leader, Jim Jones, who, 
two years later, in November 1978, would be responsible for the deaths of 909 people at the Jonestown. So, yeah, this is a person who, two years later, would be responsible for the deaths of over 900 people at Jonestown. (laughs) Yeah, that dude was having breakfast with the first lady two years before that. Wild. (laughs) Jim Jones. Yeah. So, all right, time to move on. Last story of the day, and then we will uh, be done. All right, so the last story, (laughs) this is a, man, this is a pretty wild one as well. So it's (laughs) the story of a fella who seemingly may have been damn near invincible. Uh, So for this story, we're going back to 1933, Ireland. So in, in Ireland in 1933, there was a homeless fella named Michael Malloy who, you know, Pretty hardcore alcoholic, somewhat well-known around the area as just being a, you know, a drunk. Not a bad guy, not a good guy, just, you know, oh, there's Michael Malloy, drunk again. You know, he never really hurt anybody. People didn't really pay him a whole lot of attention. But there were these this group of five guys who knew that, you know, he was always drunk. So they figured probably doesn't have a whole lot longer left to live we'll take a life insurance policy out on him and when he dies we'll collect well they hoping that he would drink himself to death or like this is a sure way to get a you know get some quick money um so one of the guys in the group was a fellow named tony marino tony marino owned a pub in the area he gave michael malloy an unlimited tap said you could drink as much as you want here which should have killed him pretty quick. I mean, he's drinking nonstop, just doesn't die. So they're like, oh my God, we got to speed this up. So at one point, Marino replaced his alcohol with with antifreeze. So at one point, Marino replaced his alcohol with antifreeze. He drank it, did not die. Then he replaced it with turpentine. Drank it, did not die. Then replaced it with rat poison. Drank it, still didn't die. Then, methanol, drank it, didn't die. <laughs> then it's like, holy shit, this guy. How are we going to kill this guy? So, then he's like, all right, let me let me try this. So, he makes him a sandwich with spoiled sardines and poison, gives it to him, eats the whole thing. Michael Malloy does not die. So, then he's like, oh my God, this is crazy. Now, at this point, Michael Malloy has drank so much that he's passed out at the bar. So they're like, all right, here's our chance. So they drag Michael Malloy out into the freezing cold, took him out into the snow, took his clothes off, and poured water all over him, hoping that he would, over time, get hypothermia and die. He didn't. He ends up living through that. So then they're like, holy shit, what? we got to try to, you know, we got to pull out all the stops now. So they get in their car, and they run him down, and they end up running over Michael Malloy at 45 miles an hour. He still doesn't die. Now, at this point, he does get taken to the hospital. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. So they do end up taking him to the hospital. He gets treated. He's fine. The guys end up taking Michael Malloy out of the hospital. They take him home. At Now, at this point, they're like, all right, 
it's go time. So they take a hose, put, attach one end to a cold jet, then take the other end, stick it in his mouth, and you know, pump him full of carbon monoxide. Well, that does the trick. He ends up dying. They, attempting to collect the life insurance policy, get busted pretty much immediately, and they all get arrested, and four out of the five guys end up getting the death penalty. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not really a pleasant story, but, uh, you know, still a pretty wild story of the damn near unkillable Michael Malloy. All right. So, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you know, again, thanks for watching. Uh, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Uh, until next week, goodbye.